0: Listeners, welcome
1: to another episode of Forrest Gump Minute, your weekly podcast. We talk about the movie Forrest Gump four minutes at a time, except during these special episodes when we don't. I'm your co-host Rob, joined as always by my best good friends Joe and Duff. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Um, and we are joined by uh, one of the I'm one of one of the the biggest fans of our product uh, and good friend Jim. Welcome aboard, Jim.
2: Hey, thank you for uh, introducing me like that. I love the show.
1: Uh, all right, well, well, Jim, let's 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 jump into this. Um, we're at the bus stop. We like to ask all our bus stop friends, uh, what are there? Uh, do they have any any bus stop public transit stories they want to share to our listeners?
2: Uh, I do actually, and as I mentioned to you guys off air, uh, I'm. Uh, about a, a story i'm very excited to share and uh, this is it um i've had some good public transit stories um uh new york city subway i saw the greatest homeless guy speech of all time i i'm still in <laughs> awe of it um i saw a guy on a milwaukee city bus uh attempt to start a fight with anyone at all he, <laughs> he, he literally like started he went person by person on a crowded bus at 5 o'clock and started, like, ripping them to try to get a reaction out of them. <laughs> um, that was a good one. Um, but the one that um, I'm really excited to share for this story, I hadn't thought about this in a long time, but it requires a little bit of a setup. Uh, I, in college, worked for a couple summers for the City of Milwaukee Forestry Department um, as part of this, like, seasonal help they hired to maintain the boulevards. The uh, Forestry Gump Department. For yeah, <laughs> you could you could you could say that, and uh, and so what this entailed was from like seven to three thirty every day, I would be on in a section of the city with the boulevards, flower beds, trees, right, and all I did was pick up trash, turn on the water to water the flowers, and like take care of some weeding, right? Okay, this is a full time job all summer long. <laughs> And so I was in college, and I did not have a car, and I got accepted into this program, and they didn't uh, believe no one would have a car. But apparently there was some sort of union regulation that meant they had to let me have the job.
1: Okay. (laughs) So
2: the boulevard I was responsible for, one of the boulevards I was responsible for, required me to take a bus to get there. Now, for people who are not from Milwaukee, this won't make much sense, but my boulevard stretched uh, Roosevelt Drive from 35th street to 60th street
0: <laughs> Are uh, you just, living just hearing those numbers that sounds like a lot
2: uh it was a lot and i was living on the east side at the time i was this was a summer okay. job i had between between uh semesters of school so if you're again if you're not familiar with milwaukee um the area, this boulevard it's not entirely a homogeneous type area there's different populations along it but where it started around 35th and capital and 35th and roosevelt is a predominantly black neighborhood okay and so i would take the bus there and regulations of the job required that i would i had to wear full-length pants i could not wear shorts and i had to wear steel toe <laughs> boots like in the summer in the summer okay it's just a regulation of the job i i, I will get to public transit here momentarily so i took the bus and one day at the end of this day um you know it's hot you're sweating you're like really tired from being outside all the time in pants and steel toe boots and i am a white guy clearly not from the area it's a predominantly black neighborhood and i see the bus coming to 35th and capital where i need to catch it to go back east to where i live um and so I'm about a block and a half away from the stop, and it's coming down the street. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to miss this bus. I really want to get home. So I start running. I start running in a full sprint. And not for the first time in my life, and not for the last time in my life, I was roasted by some teens on that bus. (laughs) (laughs) And as this white guy is running down the street in a full gallop in steel toe boots and jeans in a hot summer day, what do you think... Uh, some black teenagers on that bus shouted out the window at me. I can't,
3: I can't even. I I, uh, I don't know.
2: Honky? No, <laughs> honky? no, 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 no. Uh, it is the perfect uh, saying uh, for this podcast. They just yelled at me. Uh-huh. Run, Forrest, run!
3: <laughs> Got you. And that's the I, only time that has been used effectively.
2: And and I was sitting there, and I was like, "Damn." Right. But I'm still, I'm not that much older. I'm, I was like, yeah. I was like 20, but I was just, I was so, I was just owned completely. And I was, that- I, I get onto the bus and I'm like, I'm like, I'm out of breath. Like, even though I was, even though I was young, I was, I had a sprint to make that bus. Yeah. And they, I walk past them and sit down and they're like laughing. And I don't know what made, possessed me to say this, but I go, I made it. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, these kids just start howling like they are laughing like they had never laughed like i just made it like they not only got to roast me with run forest, run but then i get on and i'm just like goober personified on the bus <laughs> how are you these guys doing
3: there <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> i made it <laughs> i made it okay <laughs> so I hope that at least one of those kids today, now whoever however old they are, I hope they remember that story of the time the dummy in the steel-toe boots was sprinting down Capitol Drive just, to catch the bus.
3: What if you had tripped walking up the stairs to the That's bus? That's what I was hoping. Would you have just turned around and gotten off the bus?
2: Um, I, I don't know. I really wanted to get home because those days were those days were brutal. Like yeah. you, uh, one other thing, the like bus, to-
0: I'm sure the bus was air conditioned to some degree, at least. No,
2: this was back in. The, now this is how old I am. This is in the days of horse drawn carriages. Windows. <laughs> they, they would open the window on the bus because not every Milwaukee bus had air conditioning.
3: He paid his fare in oats for the horses. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I may have had, I, I believe I was using bus tickets at the time, which is even, I mean, you can't get Oh uh,
3: Yeah, those actually, those didn't go away until no. six or seven years ago. They no. finally got rid of those.
2: It was uh, It was wild. Um, the, uh, one other quick addendum to that, to my public transit story, if I could. I know Jamie talked about this. Uh, I believe he dated a woman briefly after getting to know her on several bus trips. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Um, Uh, uh, Of course, that guy, he's a a relationship expert. I saw the single greatest pickup of all time on this bus um, coming back from this job. It wasn't the same trip, but I saw a guy, a passenger, not the driver. I saw a a bus passenger get a number on the bus from a woman. Awesome. Awesome coming coming back from like working on the boulevard one day and i'll 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 never forget it because like she had like that like rot that smile that like a very flattered woman gets who's like clearly interested and the guy was like playing it so cool
0: i I don't think any of us are familiar with that look (laughs) no (laughs) (laughs) the flattered compliment look i don't (laughs) yeah yeah, we're
2: (laughs) but i just i couldn't believe it like even it's been like over 20 years later like, I saw a guy, like, get a date on the bus. Like, wh- I, I, I've always wondered, like, how did that go? He's on the bus. <laughs> like, how did, how did he go meet her? What did they do?
0: Yeah, was there a pickup line? Or... I don't know.
2: I just saw her passing that. Well, this is also back in the old days when you had to write down a phone number on a piece yeah. of paper with a pen and then hand it to a person. Um, but that was also very impressive, uh, public transit
1: your uh, your story, Jim, has reminded me of two separate stories that I don't think I've shared. Is it is it okay if I... if uh, Will you yield some of your time for me to tell them? <laughs> I yield. I yield. <laughs> uh, your steel-toe boots remind me of when I was a kid. 13, 14 years old. Probably. I don't even... Duff, <laughs> <tough. laughs> where could he
3: possibly be going with this? <laughs> I... <Like, laughs> I, I, we, this is our third what like our third run through of some <laughs> dumb movie, and he still finds stuff that just leaves us just well, slack jawed.
0: This yeah. might
1: not work. This you guys might not f- be entertained. Um, right. does, so, it involve,
0: does it involve manual labor? Kind of. <laughs> um, a, so I'm uh, i already like just <laughs> wrapped with attention for this. My
1: my uh, growing up, I grew up in, in rural northern Wisconsin, and one of the biggest <laughs> things is deer hunting. And you wear steel-toed
3: boots, deer hunting. Just
1: hold on. I'm let sorry. Me, let I'm just me so excited. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just got excited. And it was, it was. Um, I would go deer hunting. My dad had a big group. They'd come up from like Chicago and and you know from, and they would come up and they would stay and we would they'd go hunting as a group and it was like thirty dudes. Yeah. And uh, C- I was, do you mind?
3: Do, could we should tell. Have we ever talked about how big deer hunting is in Wisconsin? Because that might. I mean, the we way, might way have I have to do that to like. Make people understand the story. I will say, I had a week off from school every November for deer hunting. Yeah, they it would was do it a like those three days before Thanksgiving. They yeah, would close it's, right.
1: And, yeah, and, and, and it is it was also twofold.
0: very, very popular in Minnesota, but I imagine in rural Spooner way more popular than yeah. than the and, suburbs where I grew up.
1: Yeah, and um, so I was part of this group, and you know, it was uh, time to buy my boots for the winter. And at this point, I'm 12 or 13. Start having pretty strong opinions, um, often <laughs> wrong. And so I had—I didn't want to buy like a pair of like big winter boots. I wanted to buy <laughs> like work boots.
3: <laughs> so <laughs> so, so I fl- chose that's so a pair. stupid. <laughs> that's so awesome. I though. know. That's I chose, like that's a perfect distillation of like the rural 13-year-old mindset. <laughs>
1: So I chose a pair of work boots, and I remember my mom being like, these are not going to be warm enough for you when it's winter and when you're deer hunting. And I was like, yes, they will. I'll just put a bunch of socks on. Oh. If
0: anything, it'll keep in the cold. <laughs> so
1: I bought a pair. What if I got some boots with filled with metal, Mom? Would that help here in the, <laughs> well, in the winter? I, I wasn't aware of the steel-toed part of it and the effect it would have. <laughs> and so the first day out there, my
3: feet are so – cold do you think that's why one of your toes has no toenail now both toes i oh. have, both,
2: uh, have only eight toenails yeah this is, be, this is gonna be super hot patreon content oh yeah
3: now now the uh the, that person with with the midnight browser subscription doesn't want the feet pick anymore
1: so so i was it was so cold it was awful i mean i it, i literally couldn't do it and i i came back home and my mom and dad were like well you know i'm still pretty young at that point they are like your mom's boots will fit you <laughs> that's and the was ultimate like,
3: comeuppance oh and i rules.
1: i had a fit i'm not wearing my mom's boots now my mom's boots were a pair of white sorrels
3: <laughs> <laughs> not a All good deer light. hunting boot either so
0: like i'm picturing like you know like ski bunny boots Kind God, of. I mean, they what they if you would like have had a... to,
3: dr- to field dress a deer? They would have been half red by the time you got home.
1: So they were like, you know, all white with like the white, like puffy fur oh, at the top. God,
3: that's so funny. And oh my God. it's I'm... what I wore the rest
1: of the day's deer oh, hunting.
3: Wow.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. So oh, did wow. you just go out
3: there like every day for 14 days?
1: Uh, or 12? T- we... tw- ten. 10. 10 days. Was your
0: dad embarrassed of you in front of his friends?
1: um he he was like i mean i kind of wonder what happened on the on the other side because of course i was like i can't wear those it's too embarrassing everyone will laugh at me and my dad's like no 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 they won't laugh at you you know and he was just like they're they
3: they laughed so hard at you and he's
1: like you need you needed to have your feet warm otherwise you're not gonna be able to go which is right i mean i wouldn't be able to go and like it's and the other thing you might be thinking is, why didn't you just go buy a new pair of boots, you idiot? But, uh, A, that's not an easy thing when you live in a rural area. Like, you have to make a get trip Get the horse and buggy yeah. on. It's expensive, yeah. too. And it's expensive. It's, you know, and I'm sure my parents were probably like, no, you idiot. We told you not to get those boots, and you did anyways, so this is on you. Anyways... I'd think back now about like, you know, cause I would, I would, I would hunt with them for a while and then I'd go back home and then, you know, they did deer hunting thing where you'd go out to dinner and drinks and then, you know, go back to bed. They had to just dunk on me so hard when I was there. They probably were really
3: hesitant making fun of you for wearing your mom's boots. Cause I thought maybe you guys are too poor to give you your own boots. No, my dad and then, no like but then your dad bar. told the story about what, what, why? And they probably really laughed at you for insisting at work boots that well, they made fun of you for
1: sure. I mean, they, they knew what happened because they were there the first day where my feet were so cold and I was just like, I, my feet are frozen. Um, and they were like, oh, there's steel toe in there. Oh, you can't wear those.
3: <laughs> well, what the listeners really want to know is, did you bag a back up there?
1: <laughs> no, not then. I didn't. Um I hope I don't get anyone in trouble here, but the way it would work in a deer hunting group, and I'm sure still does, is you have a certain number of uh, tickets, essentially, you know, and your group is just hunting that many deer. So if you've got 30 deer, you're going to hunt 30 deer. And, you know, there's usually like the hot shots of the group that would probably bag about 15 or 16 of those 30. And everyone would just get their own deer. So God, it'd be how- so funny if the DNR nailed all of them now. <laughs> <laughs> Most are dead by now. It was like 30, so 20 years ago.
0: One thing, how, how did your dad use a gun with only one hand?
3: Yes.
1: Uh, he could have so gotten a disability
0: exception. That uh, oh, that's so baller. Uh, that is so, so awesome. <laughs> so if Wait. you're disabled
3: in Wisconsin during archery season, you get to use a crossbow.
1: No, he – so there was no – he didn't amazing. get anything – he didn't get anything different. The way they would do it – and this is really getting inside baseball in it – but they would do the drive and stand method in deer hunting where yeah. you would have some people who would go in one part of like a woods or field and stand, and then the drivers would drive walking through the deer to the – so my dad would be in the stand. He would just be watching for when deer came by.
3: Okay. I, that's how I got my big buck when I was in high school. So – there you
1: go. Lots of it. The other, the other is a l- much shorter story, Jim, but I've only met one person in my life, uh, who I could watch just go up to a total stranger and ask for their phone number confidently and, and pull it off. And it was like, I wasn't part of reality anymore when I, like, I couldn't believe it was real. Oh
3: yeah. It's like you're witness. It's like you're seeing extraterrestrial life.
1: It, it Yeah. And it was <laughs> a, a friend of mine and I was visiting him in Chicago and I was a few years younger than him. And, uh, I remember I was driving and we were like we went to like a Dunkin' Donuts, dunk, I don't know. And there was this woman at the drive-through, and he was like, he was like, go pull up next to that woman in the drive-through. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, just pull up next to her. And I was like, do you know her? And he's like, no, just go pull up <laughs> next to it. And I was like, oh my god, okay. And so like I drive up, and of course as a pulling up to the right of them, I'm the person closest to him And he's like, roll your window down. I was like, oh my god, I no. <laughs> And he's like roll your window down i rolled my window down and he just shouted through the window towards her and did the whole like do i know you from somewhere and then they like exchanged smiles and then he got her number and i drove off feeling like less
2: than that's that's ridiculous (laughs) who could possibly do that i don't understand it doesn't feel real no more power to him
0: so uh, (sighs) one one quick aside uh many ways that i am lacking on my my man card is that one i have never fired a gun and i've never been deer hunting Uh, i feel i feel like
1: one and the other i feel like i crossed two off at once i feel like i should get
0: that crossed off the old bucket list if we ever get to see people again
2: (laughs) i have also never fired a gun and i've only had one opportunity to and i declined
1: so are we saying that the next, maybe the rat party uh, is the Midnight Boys hunting cabin weekend? Cabin weekend. <laughs> cabin
0: weekends. Midnight cabin Boys weekend. hunting expedition. Firearms. Irresponsible use of firearms. Bring your steel-toed boots. Steel-toed boots. Everyone's got to wear white sorrels. And we
2: invite some neighborhood teens to roast us.
0: I, I actually don't want to kill an animal, but I feel like I should at least, like, go along on a hunting expedition.
3: Well, we'll see. Is there a certain animal that you don't like? (laughs) Outside of humans? That you would Mm. kill?
0: God... uh... (laughs) Well, like the they're probably too small, but I'm not like moles. I'm not fond of moles. (laughs) A mole mole hunt. What we'll do is we'll get Duff just burying him,
3: burrowing into the soil, looking for moles.
1: We'll get Duff a big hammer, and he can stand by a bunch of mole holes. In in a sense,
0: in a sense, it's easy because you just find the mole hole and you just flood it. There you
2: go. (laughs) This is like Caddyshack all of a sudden.
1: Oh my God! We're only on our first question. Um, oh man. Uh, well, I guess since this is about Forrest Gump, we should get this question out of the way. But what do you? What are your thoughts on this movie? Uh,
2: so like, I think several of your other guests I only recently rewatched it, and on I, on
0: VHS, right? Uh,
2: no, how did we watch it? I think it was on a DVD. Uh, I felt, I don't know, like it just falls apart so quickly. Um, it's so manipulative. Uh, it's like it's really well made, and Tom Hanks. Like I've heard other people say on your show, like Tom Hanks is like this great actor. So it, you just kind of keep going with it. But then there's all these moments where you just, you groan, right? Like, get picking up the black student's notebook as she like walks <laughs> it, <in>, like. <laughs> it happens right away and you're just like come on <laughs> like Forrest Gump solves racism right like that's ridiculous but the, you just kind of keep going with it cuz it has these moments and then Gary Sinise shows up and that's all like that's pretty good it's enjoy his, his his performance is nice and enjoyable and like i don't know it, but
0: I, it's it's infinitely watchable even though a lot of it is very stupid
2: <laughs> yes yeah uh And then the musical cues sort of lead you through to, like, feel what you're supposed to feel. um, But, like, it's different from my my first experience, like, watching it. Like, I saw it in the theater. Mm -hmm. And at the time, it was a packed theater because that was a major box office hit. And it was a phenomenon. And it, like, it was a thing, like, people enjoyed, right? And I have, like, fairly fond memories of it. But on the rewatch... um. I don't know. It's tough. There's like there's all these like comic moments that aren't supposed to be funny. It's
0: like a, a know, like a man in a wheelchair
2: sliding away. A man in a wheelchair <laughs> sliding away. Um, the Vietnam War protester who slaps Jenny, who the, who then the the next day like is like sort of filled with like remorse for it and then just says oh it's just that son of a bitch johnson right <laughs> <laughs> or, or whatever he says like you, you laugh and you're like i don't know um but hanks is of course like great the, and so you go with it
1: the, the hanks thing is interesting we, we've talked about him a lot but one thing i'm just thinking now for the first time is how much this movie and we said this before like relies on hanks and him pulling off but how much of it also less about his performance and more about where he was in his career so, like, when this came out, you know, his last two movies were League of Their Own, Sleeps in Seattle, Philadelphia. Then he does this. And then it's Apollo 13, Toy Story, that thing you do in Saving Private Ryan. Like, that's, like, a six-year run. Um, if this movie comes out in 1991 and he's coming off the burbs and Turner and Hooch... Uh, <laughs> I feel like people, even if it's the exact same performance, this movie doesn't work because the audience is not going to give Tom Hanks the benefit of the doubt.
2: He runs into the problem of one of your favorite people, Jim Carrey. <laughs> yeah, he, he he makes he tries he takes a step too far too fast.
1: Yeah, that's a good bet. Like good, what was yeah. that? What was
2: that Jim Carrey movie where he plays like he's in the nineteen fifties era? Man, oh, the oh, Majestic. Uh, oh no 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 oh, no uh, the Majestic. Yeah, the Majestic. Is that it? Yeah, yeah. Like, yes. Like he just he but like, he's like I don't know the exact timeline, but like it's like the mask right before that, right? Like he just uh, goes.
1: Yeah, he does uh, like I, all the comedy, and then he does have a couple hits there. And the Majestic is like I think after Truman Show.
0: I remember seeing the Majestic in college, even though I don't remember anything about the movie. So it must have been early two thousands. Uh,
2: but yeah, yeah, but like it, but it, see the thing the, the greatness of the Burbs. Hanks is fine. The people he's the people around him are so spectacular. That's true. Like, there's no way someone would think, like, big name in a great ensemble to Forrest Gump. Like, that, I don't think people would
0: buy that. Yeah. I do think. God, the burbs. Oh my we, God. What a, what a movie. We've kind of talked <laughs> like. about uh, Tom Hanks' filmography and how, in some ways, is lacking. Uh, but I do think he was very. I think. And I think he's said more or less this: that he kind of looked at his career and he said, "I gotta stop doing these kind of like broad." Con- I think it might have been after Turner and Hooch. Probably you probably have a lot of introspection after you do a movie where n- ninety percent is with a dog. <laughs> well, have,
2: have 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 any of you have any of you seen uh, Volunteers? No, no. Oh no. God! I the f- movie, the movie where he met his wife. No. Not, no oh my god one of my favorite childhood hbo movies ever because it was i'm pretty sure it's rated r but it's that 1980s r where it's like there's like a couple like topless women shots. yeah it's just they say an
0: f-bomb and there's a couple boobs and that's yeah good. that's
2: basically it but this is volunteers almost no one remembers it right like even like hank's people they're like what volunteers he plays a smug, spoiled millionaire playboy who has gambling debts and joins the Peace Corps to escape a hit on his life. <laughs> <laughs> wow! A, it's got John great... Candy in it too. Yes, and uh, in the Peace Corps, <laughs> he um, Rita Wilson is like a, a sincere like woman like on the peace corps trip and john candy is like the cornball doofus legitimate peace corps guy right and then he's like just in hiding like trying to get the hell out of the country <laughs> uh and like i i, don't, I remember it very fondly and i bet it doesn't hold up to a rewatch but i can see why he would want to stop making those movies i, I feel,
0: thought... i think his first kind of taste of legitimacy was big and then I think he realized, like, oh, I'm a little, I'm a little better than some of these movies. Yeah. And then, slow, like, slowly put his toe into that pool, and he did Sleepless in Seattle, and then obviously Philadelphia. But yeah, this is this any other point in his career, and this would not work because this yeah. was kind of what launched him from being. I mean, with Philadelphia, he was a big star, but this is the start of like. Superstar. Dup. Yeah,
1: Philadelphia is take me seriously. Forrest Gump is take me seriously, and I'm still a box office. Band. And
0: I mean, from this point on, like he was like if you think of, like the biggest actors of the 90s, it was probably like him and Tom Cruise are the only other person to come to mind. Yeah, the Tom Club, the Tom the Tom, the Tom, the Tom Tom's, the Tom, Tom Club. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um,
1: Duff, I know you have a uh, question you always ask.
0: So who in his travels did you want Forrest to meet from roughly the 50s into the early 80s and it can oh. be just it can like you know sports politics music whatever.
2: Um I thought about this and I I struggled because <sighs> I think of like the people that forrest gump runs into dick cavett and like john lennon and Lyndon johnson like they, they fit and like there's supposed to be these sort of like aha moments i can't think of any they really left out i really can't um i i uh nothing really pops to mind because i think like part of like anyone i think of from that time of history i sort of think of admirably right like I don't like I, I wouldn't want him to meet Henry Kissinger, right? Like, <laughs> 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 like literally, he, han- he,
3: he handcuffs him and takes him to the Hag.
2: Yes, here's the part where Forrest Gump meets the Great Satan. But um, I I don't know. It's tough for me to think about who Forrest could meet because all the ex- all the encounters are sort of real trekly. right? Like that John Lennon. I've heard you guys talk about it. Like that John Lennon thing is so cringe inducing. <laughs> And you're like, I almost feel bad for dead John Lennon that this happened. <laughs> so, I think um, I don't know. Plus, I like as you know, I'm a, the big boomer, right? Like my boomer people, <laughs> I don't, I don't want them. I don't want them tarnished by Forrest Gump in a movie. I don't want you. So your,
0: you're, you're I, also you're also a big basketball guy. What what basketball player? Oh, should Forrest
2: meet. Oh well, he could have met uh, like Kareem. <laughs> He could have
0: met You know Ka- what? He Jenny met...
1: Jenny could have met Wilt.
2: <laughs> oh. jeez.
0: God, God damn it.
2: Um Kareem or Bill Walton seems like it would have made sense. Uh they could have probably worked in a Bill Walton thing somehow. But I like part of the thing with the movie is the is like just the reveal of the celebrity has to be like this sort of like mega cool thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not sure if there's an athlete. Maybe Muhammad Ali?
0: Yeah, he's of that era. Yeah. He's he's probably like the the biggest athlete of that boomer era. There and, could,
2: there could have been a way to have him meet Muhammad Ali and maybe make it work. It
0: um, would have been it would have been really hamfisted. It would have had to do with like oh God, Yes. I, I don't know. Or, or, or
2: could have met
1: it like where his his like his mom's house maybe.
0: They should
3: have had him meet him on at meet Muhammad Ali on a talk show instead of John Lennon.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, yeah I agree.
2: That would have been that would have been
0: interesting. What about what about Bob Hope,
2: Jim? Well, <laughs> let me tell you. Okay, so here's the thing about Bob Hope. Now you guys talked about Bob Hope as maybe not being someone you needed to know about, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, we we talked about him, and in fairness, we talked about how he's pretty much lost to our generation. Like and he, that, he's we're we're older. We only know than him else. from
3: the National Enquirer
0: yeah we i i know him from like simpsons (laughs) which we've
3: the three of us have been dming about
0: (laughs) (laughs) i know bob hope from simpsons references and when my dad would buy the inquirer there was a 10 year stretch where i'm convinced there was a beat writer where all he wrote about was (laughs) bob hope is dying
1: and the bob hope classic the golf classic, and the bob
2: and the bob hope desert classic so uh Here's the thing about Bob Hope, and I, I in, really enjoyed going into my boomer bag for this one, despite, <laughs> despite being 43 years old. So Bob Hope, uh, I mean, do people of your generation, <laughs> listen to how dumb that sounds.
1: I like how we're like, we're like six we're years like, younger. Yeah.
2: Do people six or seven <laughs> years younger than me, do you remember the staple of the, the, the TV special, like the hour-long or 90-minute-long variety show TV special?
0: It was
3: only one I remember watching live was Pee Wee's like Christmas special, okay, which was like the
1: net
2: being a thing when I was really young. It
0: it was still around, but even for us, it was waning; like it was in its last legs.
2: So the TV variety special was that Bob Hope. That was just what he did. He did them for the holidays. He did them to announce um, the All American College Football Team. Like, he just was on TV. And it was a collection of sketches and um, like really sort of like uh, crowbarred in musical numbers and like bad uh, jokey monologues. But they were they were a staple. They were always on TV. He had some kind of deal with NBC. So like when Lieutenant Dan has the Bob Hope show on his TV, like in that one scene that you guys talked about on a previous episode, that makes perfect sense to me. Right. Because mm-hmm. That stuff was always on around the holidays. Um, and it was just like this iconic thing that was always around but the reason it's worth remembering and thinking about is because <laughs> I, I talked about this on the last time I was on one of your shows SCTV right mm-hmm Eugene Levy Dave Thomas John Candy all these iconic people who influenced the last like 40 50 years of yeah comedy uh,
0: the SCTV the the Canadian SNL and um... Yes. Just great stuff. Uh, like, yeah, awesome.
2: genius stuff. Yep. So it one of the great. so one of the people on there, Dave Thomas, who you, people would know from Strange Brew, right? He's one of the McKenzie brothers,
1: and his burgers from Wendy's. <laughs> it's not. It's not. <laughs> come on. It's
2: not. Come on. I'm,
0: I'm being, I'm being so serious here. <laughs> he's the guy who he's the McKenzie brother who isn't Rick Moranis.
2: Yes, there's Rick Moranis from Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. Absolute <laughs> king, Rick Moranis. A, yeah. a, a genius of a million levels uh so dave thomas did a bob hope impression on sctv that is just iconic it was perfect and and if you don't if you're not familiar bob hope's thing was deadpan humor okay Mm -hmm. his his like sort of signature thing was to deliver a joke and then just hold a straight face on camera while the crowd laughed he he would just sort of hold like a like a flat expression that that was his thing so Dave Thomas did this, and he did it exceptionally well. And SCTV put – they used Bob Hope in a ton of things. They did a short film where um, it's, a, it's Rick Moran is playing Woody Allen. Dave Thomas is, play, <laughs> is playing Bob Hope. And, like, it's meant to be, like, a Woody Allen movie, right, like, along, like, the Annie Hall type thing. Mm-hmm. Only it's Woody Allen in that nebbish character with Bob Hope, like, in New okay. York City.
0: I think I remember this.
2: It's a riot. Then they also do the Bob Hope Desert Classic on SCTV, which I just watched before we recorded this, (laughs) which is, like, so because Bob Hope, like, he did golf humor, like you said, Duff, on a previous episode. And so the Bob Hope Desert Classic sketch on SCTV is Bob Hope hosting a variety special from a golf course in the Middle East. (laughs) God. And he has, I wrote down some of the names. So, like, He just he has Anwar Sadat, Golda Meir, Yasser Arafat. Like these are the guests played by (laughs) other SCTV cast members. Oh no! In this sketch, and it is a riot. It's an absolute riot. It's still funny. And so, because of that, right? Like so much of that SCTV and Letterman brand of ironic humor, right? They were goofing on boomers and the traditional like comedy structure, right? Of the of the culture. But like Bob Hope, hung on there long enough, and was this constant cultural presence enough to then just sort of get satirized by these hugely influential people, who then, you know, c- created another like generation, two generations of like comedy legacy. I don't want to get too scholarly with it, scholarly with it, but I mean it is it's a big deal just I mean, for, that, just for that alone.
0: That tracks because I most of my I knew that like he did the USO tour stuff. And, but, like, yeah, like, I knew it because they made fun of him on The Simpsons. Um, and I was vaguely aware of those, the road to whatever, like, the road yeah. to movies. With Morocco. Bing, with Bing, that, Bing, yeah. Cros- Bing Crosby.
2: The road movies, as much as I want to be into Bob Hope and all that, like, they I, they never clicked.
0: I feel like those, if you weren't alive in the late 30s, early 40s, they don't do much for you.
2: Yeah. I, I tried when I was younger. And I just couldn't get into them. But the USO stuff is ridiculous. And then, I mean, ridiculous in like, sort of like a bizarre like way to watch from a detached so, like,
0: time. The one thing that was somewhat horrifying is when we were talking about Bob Hope. I don't know who it was. Someone linked to a bit from what one of, must have been one of the last Bob Hope specials where like he plays Jack Frost or something. Yes. And he is clearly one step away from death's door. They like <laughs> wheel him out and it is yeah. uncomfortable.
2: It's really bad. It's like, it's a legendary clip, but he insisted on just continually showing up. Um, another reason for that. And this is a, a big thing. I'd like to make a very grand statement about uh, on your podcast, if I may. Yeah. And that is, I think it's very hard to tell the story about Southern California, in the, uh, in the 20th century without Bob Hope. Um, Bob Hope owned an enormous <laughs> amount of real estate. Like, he was...
0: Wait, is this the plot of Chinatown? What's going on? <laughs> Did
3: he have sex with his daughter? <laughs> oh, my God.
0: <laughs> you scoff. <laughs> no, I, I'm just... But, this, this took a turn. I'm very interested.
2: Bob Hope... So... He comes up in the 30s and 40s, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: He immediately starts making tremendously valuable investments in land and oil. So, so he buys like thousands and thousands and thousands of acres in Southern California. And I found this great—I found this great quote from his uh, from his publicist, who once uh, joked in the LA Times. Bob and I had a lot in common. He owned the valley, and I used to drive through it.
3: <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> I uh, I I did some googling when you were talking about this. I didn't realize Bob Hope's home was shaped like a volcano.
2: I have I have lots more information about this. I'd <laughs> love to share it. That's I'd love ball, to share it. With baller, the first...
0: baller move, by the way. Usually that's reserved for supervillains, but <laughs> it is.
3: 23,000, over 23,000 square feet.
2: I, I would like to share with the listeners of Forrest Gump Minute and weird anonymous Patreon donors that go to Google, type in 2466 Southridge Drive, Palm Springs, California. That's 24, 2466 Southridge Drive, palm springs california it's a well-known home you can look at the pictures of this house it is it,
0: it auto completes so that tells it, me yes
2: it is it is remarkable Bob. what
0: bob, bob is this 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 is not what this bob seriously hope. this is dr evil's home
2: <laughs> bob hope and it even connects again you talk about like do the does the current generation uh relate to bob hope here's how this house is in the Coachella Valley oh where have I heard that term before mm,
0: there we go 10 beds 13 baths 23,000 feet uh, I'm looking at Zillow me the, too I'm at the Zillow uh, <laughs> three they estimate three million dollars <laughs> I mean it real. looks pretty cool six, I'm gonna be honest it's six, a pretty cool house six acres
2: <laughs> yes if if you can find if you can find a uh, Uh, This house, there's a website called CactusHugs.com. If you could get to CactusHugs.com, they have a picture of Bob Hope's house. It's a postcard, clearly from like around 1980. This looks like a
0: planetarium from the future or something. (laughs) Like, what is going...
2: It is... Like,
3: does does James Bond stroll confidently into this house? Or does he wake up after being knocked out in this house? Which one is it?
2: it's uh it's outrageous but the pictures are really wild right um he lived there he owned so much land in southern california and it's funny because one of my earliest memories not just from i didn't learn this just as a (laughs) as an adult on the internet (laughs) i have this family member this uncle of mine who as a kid watching these bob hope specials he he would tell me about how rich bob hope was like it was just constantly known that Bob Hope was filthy loaded and owned like all this land in Southern California.
0: So do his, his heirs have this now or like, is this in the Hope family or did they sell it to someone? It or? is.
2: It was on, I, after his wife died, uh, they just sold it. His wife, Dolores Hope, um, and what's funny about Dolores Hope? Well, no, I shouldn't phrase it like that because this is a, there's not there's nothing funny about this.
0: Um, we'll be the judge of that. You, well, you will
2: <laughs> be the judge of that. But another thing about Bob Hope uh, that I think people should know about after all, all these other things I've said about him—one of the all-time womanizers, despite being married to Dolores Hope—a um, a, just a guy like just like bringing a different woman into his bed just constantly.
0: Well, when you live in a volcano, you, so. yes,
2: uh, it should be known. Like, it, it's, he's not just this comedic influence and a real estate guy. He's also like, he had like, he was not faithful in any capacity. And he was a
1: stick man. <laughs>
2: yeah, but uh, his wife was always always stuck with him, even though like it was just well known. Like, like at the U.S.O. tours were basically. Why were all you know? Why was the swimsuit model on the tour with him? Why was the famous actress on the tour with him? Because okay. that was that was another an unfortunate side of Bob Hope.
1: I yeah. feel like what's missing, and Jim, you should be the one that does it. Is someone needs to produce a Bob Hope biopic? Oh God, oh.
3: it would be so long. It would be 100 <laughs> like, years. like he's old as hell. Like when Forrest Gump takes place, and he lived yeah. until two thousand three. Uh,
0: God, was
1: it that long? He's a hundred years old
2: the uh the, it'd be it'd be really hard to get anyone to convincingly play him
0: <laughs> the, I, so I just don't i don't know i'm wondering so one thing we mentioned the the road to movies and with bing crosby and one thing that i know about bing crosby and this is kind of like bob hope is that bing crosby was also filthy rich because bing crosby invested early on in uh Real to real audio recording, yes. and the re- And the reason he did so is because he wanted to play golf and he wanted to record his stuff ahead of time. <laughs> so he got filthy wow. rich because he really like right after World War II. And this is a side note, but we got all this technology when we uh, raided Germany after the war, <laughs> is that the Nazis invented real to real magnetic tape. And then, like somehow, Bing Crosby found out about. He's like, "Oh, it's a good idea. I could just play golf and do all this stuff ahead of time," and he got filthy rich because he invested in recording technology.
1: And then, plus, you know, all the advances he made for search engine optimization. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so those two, those two were quite a, a mogul pairing for that era.
2: So, well, Bing Crosby also has. Uh, a very um, unique footnote in baseball history um, for the baseball people out there. The 1960 World Series, I believe, the Pittsburgh Pirates beat uh, the New York Yankees in the only World Series that ended with a home run in the final at-bat at in Game 7 of the World Series. Bing Crosby, as the, as you said, Duff, he liked to do other things, right?
0: He, I I respect his commitment to just doing what he wants whenever. Yes, I respect his commitment to laziness.
2: If I don't, I may be getting somehow the detail slightly off. But he, I believe, he film recorded a television broadcasting that World Series game, so he could watch it when he got back from like whatever he was doing, either a record, Mm -hmm. either a recording session or golfing, and so Bing Crosby. Has the only full recording of this legendary baseball game? What? Yes. Wow, it's I crazy. Wow. Well, there That's, you go.
1: That is some facts, right there. There you go.
2: Jim. That's well, uh, I my head is nothing uh, if not filled with useless facts.
0: The other, uh, the other <laughs> thing that may or may not be true, but let's treat it as canon, is that Bing Crosby may have beat his kids with a sack of oranges.
2: Absolutely, he was a horrible father. <laughs> Well, how else were they
1: going to have orange juice in the morning? <laughs> oh my God!
0: <laughs> got to puree that. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> Joe, I know you generally have questions for a guest. What do you, What do we got here?
3: All right. Well, first, I have I, you've given us so much Bob Hope knowledge. I feel guilty um, asking for more. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I've, but I feel like I don't I don't know if we've ever if we've had any other people who dip their toes into jam band stuff on the show before. (laughs) Do you feel like, and I'm going to, I'm going to put the link to the track listing for the soundtrack in the chat right now. Okay. It it seems to me that given the timing, excuse me, the setting of this film, a dearth of uh, jam bands in here, if I'm not mistaken, like it seems like the dead should appear at least once.
2: The grateful dead should be on here. Perhaps the Allman brothers, um is there a band song i don't think there is no um this stuff is all obviously very memorable i believe chosen probably specifically for the soundtrack uh It's 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 hard to fit in like a a legendary grateful dead live track that takes 19 minutes this is from the
0: era when you could only fit what like 45, 50 minutes on a CD.
2: Yeah, so this is a two disc. Yeah, this was the two disc thing. Yeah, you um, can't, get, can't
0: get a lot of extended jams on there. No, you can't. Uh, it's also funny you bring that up
2: because if I may briefly address uh, Woodstock in the film. Mm hmm. Okay. I know in the past that you have talked about uh it's weird that Forrest didn't go to Woodstock somehow, right?
0: Mm hmm. Th- it seems like the one boomer
2: thing missing. It's massively missing. Here's my theory. They knew their CGI was no good, and they couldn't like realistically reproduce it because mm-hmm. the CGI in this movie, watching it now, is really bad. So maybe they just didn't believe in it enough. But he should have been there. Forrest, should they, you, how do you not work it in, right? Or Monterey
3: Pop, or something.
2: You would yes, be some... he should be. Or, at... or he
3: at Altamont and he witnesses the murder oh. or something like that. <laughs> Because like the yeah, uh, it's it's just strange that the live I guess really it's not so much jam band stuff that I'm miss feel like is missing, but the entire concept of live music seems to be missing from this film except for a strip club.
0: Yeah, yeah
2: they don't do it, and I'm looking at this now. I don't remember some of these, but they're just I mean I mean I don't remember them in the movie, and these are just some odd choices. It's like. Well, weird. you have to
3: remember his rule that whatever's happening on the screen, the song has to be about it. Yes. you know, that's, like that's, if it's if he's running on the screen, then it needs to be songs about running.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, they it could, keeps they you done better. running. <laughs> <laughs> um. God, sorry. You, I, I made me think of another SCTV thing the way you did that. <laughs> Rick Moranis very memorably portrayed Michael McDonald in another sketch that, <laughs> that, that everyone should look up. Um, yeah, they don't really have the good, the good Grateful Dead stuff, which they should. But that could be a whole other podcast.
1: <laughs> Jim, important question here. Yes.
2: What is your favorite tube shaped food? So I was listening to some other answers because mine is uninspired. It's hot dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is uninspired. I wish I would have said cannoli. Yeah, cannoli yeah. is so good when it when you get it right. Um, I have recently, since we've been in quarantine, I've been ordering uh, delivery, some grocery delivery, and I've been getting ground beef in a tube. Does that count?
0: Uh, unless you're eating it directly from the tube. No, I just yeah, I just I made
2: hamburgers with it. You're
3: one of those raw meat guys. <laughs>
0: He saw uh, Jordan Peterson on our show. Right All right, now. Here, here's the
3: because like, yeah we're starting to go long, but there's the w- here's a tube shaped food question, that I think that the two y- you are uniquely qualified to answer. Wisconsin's got what three three four different prominent sausage companies. Yes. Do you have a loyalty to one of them, and if so, why? Mm, great
0: uh, question.
3: I sort we should list them, I guess, first. So I we got Clements, say... Johnsonville. Um, well, are we going to say – we can't really say Oscar Mayer anymore.
2: No. I, I think you would say Johnsonville, Clements, and Usingers.
3: Yep, Usingers, of course. Uh, Usingers now the only one left in the city of Milwaukee now that Clements has moved, I think, finally, right?
2: Uh, I think so.
3: Yeah, they're in Franklin now
2: clements i have a fondness because they're the official sausage of the milwaukee bucks usingers is downtown the building is still there i have a fondness there but like the one that i feel like the loyalty to is johnsonville because of the commercials growing up charlie charlie johnson's cooking johnsonville brats right like that <laughs> and uh and then also i briefly um I, as people some of listeners may know i work in marketing I've worked at ad agencies in Milwaukee for the last eleven years, and uh, I used to work on a John- on the Johnsonville account. And so I got a lot of insight and education into how the sausage business works. And I found it kind of
3: oh, you learned how the sausage got made. <laughs> I-, I
2: literally learned how the sausage got made. Um, I've like reviewed like internal like analyses of how the like people around the world buy sausage. Who makes the decision? It's fascinating. Uh, hmm. and so I feel sort of like a fondness for Johnsonville for that. Also a friend of mine works there and like, I like the guy.
1: Okay. That's fair. I would
2: yeah. also like to say, so I don't sound like too much of a corporate shill. I am someone who has said publicly repeatedly, I never need to eat another brat again.
0: Hmm. Whoa. Mm. Interesting.
2: I know what the flavor, I'm... I know what the flavor is. Do I need to have it again? I I, I don't really need to. I'll have a hamburger instead.
1: Yeah, I, I would definitely put hamburgers and hot dogs over brats in my like, grill-out rakings.
2: I know what it tastes like. Plus, Rob, I've seen your
1: brats.
0: <laughs> yeah, we know we know what you do to hot dogs and brats, You,
1: you burn up 30 brats one time, and people just never let it go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a truly horrifying image.
1: <laughs> oh, uh, Jim, do you have anything else that you want to talk about regarding Forrest Gump?
2: This has gone really long. But I want to add one more thing related to the Forrest Gump sort of Vietnam situation, which I know you guys are sick of dealing with the Vietnam portion of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever,
3: especially that lying son of a bitch Johnson? <laughs>
2: <laughs> have you ever looked up your draft number? We, uh, I Rob did right. Back?
1: Yeah, I was like, I was really, really close. Like I was like
2: fourth. Yeah, I was. My my birthday was number three in the first draft lottery, so I would have gone. Yeah. I would have yeah, I would have been sure. there alongside Forrest. It's very weird to think about. Mhm. Yeah, Especially-
0: I think I I was towards the beginning but not as much as Rob. Rob would have been right there in like 1964 or 5.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was right away. Right away. Jim, we would have been there.
2: Can you imagine two worse people to try to fight for the United States of America than, than you and me? <laughs> uh <laughs> I was You guys
3: would have been on the radio. Oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: yeah I, that's oh, i'm well, looking
0: true. it up again i would i would be number 44 so i guess i was a little yeah. higher up rob when's your birthday september 3rd September six september six yeah rob you're number six you're
2: yeah, <laughs> you're yeah <laughs> it's it's kill time uh, uh but that's it draft number that's it this is i I told you. I said. I told Rob earlier today. You have. You got to cut me off because like I could just go forever. That's
0: fine. We'll put. We'll put this all on the Patreon content.
1: Oh yeah, the after dark. (laughs) Listen,
0: those those boomers are gonna shell out for this Bob Hope content. I'm telling
2: you. (laughs) I wish. I found myself preparing for this, wishing I could like. Man, if only I could play this clip of Bob Hope. like I, people would get it, they'd get it, they'd get the genius.
1: <laughs> oh boy, sorry. Um, well, Jim, thanks for for coming on here and talking Bob Hope and the Bing Crosby facts. Unbelievable
2: <laughs> real estate. That's real what that's what I'm here for. It beats the last time I was brought on specifically to, to discuss mechanical masturbation in the 19. Uh, Listen, that was
0: that was. I still think if not the best my favorite episode of titanic <laughs> the, <laughs> electric, the, the electric the electric horse.
3: we electric always camel. bring the educational content when jim comes in yep yep,
1: <laughs> yep. Uh, oh man uh well listeners uh we will be back next week for a brand new episode and jim once again thanks a lot
2: thanks, thank jim. you very much thanks jim
0: Happy the days while I'm Till once more they ride high out to see.